All right, Ben's already prayed, and so let's get into it together. Um, how do you, how, how do you, how can we know God? How does God speak? Uh, you may not realise it, you, you may think this is an important question, but you may be like, I don't really care about that question at all. It could be that you're here tonight, you're not a Christian, so you're not interested in how does God speak, maybe you don't even believe that God exists, but if you aren't a Christian tonight, just think about this for a second, if God did exist, if there really was a God who existed, who was out there, you'd be pretty keen to hear Him speak, wouldn't you? You'd be pretty keen to know what He actually thinks about life, because if God did exist... That would mean he's the one who made you, he made this world, he knows all about the world. You'd want to listen to him about what he's got to say. I think that'd be the most important thing you could ever do if there was a God. Knowing God, hearing him speak really does matter. Now, many of you tonight, I take it most of you tonight, are are Christians. You believe that there's a God who is there, you're followers of him. But as Christians, how does God speak to you? Because you need to know this, even Christians are kind of, they got lots of ideas about how God speaks. Some Christians would say, for example, that you feel your way to God, you experience God in your, in your emotions. And so whether that's alone in the quiet of your own house or maybe as we gather together and sing praises to God, you connect to God through your feelings. That's what some Christians would say, that's what some Christians do. The way you know God is you hear His voice as you connect with Him through your experiences. And so Christians will say things like, I really feel like at the moment God is saying to me this, or in that moment I could hear or I could feel God saying to me this. Now, I think that's altogether possible that God could totally do that, but is that the way that God promises He's going to speak to us? I know that He can, but has God promised that He will speak to us that way? Um, Other Christians will say things like this. Christians will say, really the way you get to know God is you think your way to God. You understand what God wants by being pretty smart and thinking really carefully about it. So we've got this thing called the Bible, which Christians say it's God's Word, but you've got to be smart about it and you've got to read it and you've got to be a thinking reader who's like, yeah, but this was written 2,000 years ago and so I don't know if that bit is necessarily true and you kind of need to use logic and human intelligence to carefully think your way to God and let that be the thing that ultimately judges what God is saying to you. And so can you think your way to God? Some Christians would say that. Some Christians would say something slightly different again. They would say that you follow human traditions to God. Lots of people do this but don't even realise that that's what they're doing. And so people would say, you know, if you want to know God, you've got to listen to what the church says about God. The church was there from the very beginning and so the leaders of the church and, and so in things like Catholicism and stuff like that, they would say, you listen to what the ch- teachings of the church are and what the Pope says and that's God telling you about himself and telling you how the world is and how to live. Now, my guess is in a group of people this big, there'll be people here tonight who are using all three of those ways of hearing God speak. There will be people here tonight who are doing all different things like that as their way of hearing God speak to them. I reckon that's going on. But for most of us, I reckon, most of us here tonight, if you're a Christian, I think most of us would say something like this. The Bible is how God speaks to us. The Bible is how we know God. Nick even said that right before we read the Bible tonight. And so if you read the Bible and listen to what it says and understand it, that's God speaking to you. That's what most of us Christians here would say tonight. But why? If you believe that, 
why do you believe that's the case? Why do, you, why do you know that's true? Why do you know that that's how God speaks to you? See, Christians are divided, they say different things. Some people say you feel your way to God, some people say you think your way to God, some people say you follow human traditions and that's God, some people say you follow the Bible and that's God speaking to us. Why? How do you know that's right? Who's right? How would you know whether God was speaking to you? Now, tonight's passage that we're going to dig into and think about together is going to answer this exact question for us. And it's an important question to get our heads around. It's a really important question to work out how to know the God of the universe who made you. And so, we've already prayed. Let's jump into this passage together right now. But here's the first thing I want us to see in this passage, and it's this. On our own, on our own, in a vacuum, you can't know God. On our own, we can't get our way to God. Verses 6 and 7 are talking about how God has this message for the world that's going out. But in verse 8, he says there's people who don't hear the message. There's people who miss this message about God. Look at verse 8. It says, None of the rulers of this age understood it, the message, for if they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. So there's this message that's going out, but Paul says the rulers, the people in charge of the world, the Romans, the Jewish rulers... They missed it. God turned up in the world. There's this message for the world. God's unveiled and they've missed it. They, they, instead of listening to God when he turned up, they killed him instead and so they missed God. But why? Why did people so badly miss God in verse 8? If you track through the passage later on, you'll see the answer in verse 14. Have you ever looked at people in the world and wondered, how come some people come to know God and other people just can't seem to ever hear God, they don't hear God's Word. Why does that happen? Look at verse 14. The person without the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit of God, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. Now, the Spirit gets mentioned like three or four times there, right? It's the Holy Spirit of God. It's God Himself who, the Bible says, comes and lives in Christians. But what it's saying there is that God speaks through His Holy Spirit. He speaks through His Holy Spirit and you need His Spirit to understand what He's saying. But that verse is also saying that the opposite of that is true as well. And so, if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God helping you, you will never understand God's Word. That's what verse 14 is saying. Verse 14 says, if you don't have the Spirit, you'll hear God's Word and it'll sound like foolishness to you. It'll sound like just stupidity, which means this, on our own, without the Spirit, you cannot know God. That's what these verses are saying. It's like God's Word is a beautiful rainbow on display. It's there to be understood for anyone to see it. His message, His Word is there for everyone to see but it's as if in our natural state, we're colorblind, right? It's as if it, we, we can't see clearly, we can't see what's really there to be seen, not because there's something wrong with the message, but our vision itself is faulty, and so you can't see it even though it's there, because we don't have the Spirit to see clearly what is actually being said, what is actually there. That's what it's like to see God's message without the Spirit of God. And in fact, it's not just that we're kind of neutral to God's Word when we don't have the Spirit. Romans 8, uh, verse 7 says that the mind of the person who does not have God's Spirit is actually hostile 
to God. They're against God. They're angry toward God and they will not understand God's word. The person without the Spirit will not understand God's word. They're hostile to Him and that's not God's fault. The fault is with them, with their vision. Their vision is faulty. They are against God. And so here's what that means, guys. You will not come to know God, you will not hear God speak through things that you do. You won't get to God through your own stuff. So on your own, without the Spirit, you can't feel your way to God and experience your way to God. Our feelings are actually corrupted. And so how do you know whether what you're feeling at any given moment is actually what God is saying versus just something you might be feeling? On your own, you can't feel your way to God. You can't trust your feelings to lead you to God and presume that that's God definitely speaking to you. Now, God might engage with you through your feelings and your, and your experiences, but He doesn't promise to do that. And our feelings are actually busted and broken. You can't think your way to God either. doesn't matter how smart you are or how much you learn and how clever or whatever, our minds are corrupted as well. And so it doesn't matter, you could study God for years and years and years, but without the Spirit, you're still just seeing in black and white. You won't see what God is teaching you. You're colorblind. You can't think your way to God either. And it also means you can't follow the traditions of other people, the traditions of the church or whatever, to God either. That won't show you God because instead of trusting in your own feelings or your own thinking and the things you do to find your way to God, instead you trust in tradition, which is what? It's trusting in other people's thinking, in other people's experiences and so on and saying, that's going to show me God. Here's the problem with all those paths to God. They all rely on people. They put people at the centre and say, I'm going to get my way to God somehow through my stuff. But the person without the Spirit, in verse 14, it says, does not accept the things that come from God. You might miss it. <clears throat> it's, like, it's a little bit like 11 off Stranger Things, or L off Stranger Things, right? Now, some of you guys probably haven't seen Stranger Things. Some of you, who has? Okay, that's, yeah, you get there. That's cool. All right, in Stranger Things, this girl just turns up in this town, and she's this mysterious girl. No one knows where she comes from. She turns up the start and people have all sorts of crazy ideas about what her deal is they're like I don't know who this girl is and the problem is she's not talking at the start so she turns up in this town and she's not saying anything and so people are like who's 11 what's the deal what's she on about and so some people they got all these crazy ideas some person's like she's a runaway she's obviously run away from home and we need to catch her and she steals some food from a store right and her friends that she meets in the show they are heaps into dungeons and dragons and stuff and they're like She's got magical powers and stuff as well. And they're like, she's clearly a wizard or a mage or something like that. I don't know what their words for it are. But, you know, they think she's some sort of a wizard because she's got these powers. She's not telling them her deal, but she's like doing stuff, nose bleeding. Um, and then another person's like, she's a Russian spy, clearly. She looks kind of Russian-y and she's probably a spy. Someone even thinks she's a boy because she's got this weird short haircut and they're like, it's a little boy. But then they dress her up like a girl and people figure that out, right? Everyone's pretty much guessing who Eleven is until she opens her mouth and she starts to tell them who she is and what she's on about and she reveals herself to them. She can explain who she is in the end when she knows who she is. If knowing God is all about us and our own stuff, our thinking, our feeling, we're just left guessing. I think God might be like this, I feel God might be saying this. Here's what we need. We need God to reveal himself to us. We can't get there on our own. We need God to reveal Himself to us, to make Himself clear. We need God's 
revelation of himself. That's how we know God. But here's a million dollar question. How does God reveal himself? How does God promise that he definitely will reveal himself to us? Well, that's the next big thing we're going to see in this passage. And it's, and it's this. God reveals himself through the words of Jesus' apostles. Where I've written up there the apostolic word, which is the same thing. God reveals himself through the word of Jesus' apostles. That's a big mouthful, and we're going to unpack what that means, because that's a crazy sentence, right? Let me show you this in the passage. But to get this in the passage, I'm sorry about this, we're going to have to understand a word, and it's the word we. But I'm not talking about like we in the toilet, number ones kind of thing. I'm actually talking about we, as in we with some other people went to school today kind of thing. Here's the thing with the word we, though. It's a confusing word unless you know who we is talking about. This is getting convoluted, I'm sorry. But you've got to get this... Like, imagine I go home to my wife tonight and I say, Lyndall, after youth tonight, we went to McDonald's. And she's like, cool. But what does that mean? Does that mean that after youth, we all 300 people from youth tonight, all of us went to Macca's? Or is it like, we, the leaders after the meeting finished, 60 of us went to Macca's? Or is we, we went to Macca's? Does that mean me and one friend went to Macca's? It could mean a whole bunch of things unless it's made clear who the we is. Does that make sense? We is an ambiguous word unless you know who it's talking about. This passage here tonight is full of the word we and us. Paul says, we did this, God showed this to us. He uses we and us a whole bunch. Who's the we? Who's the us? Who's that talking about? I'm sorry that that's tricky, but you've got to get this to understand the passage. Now, I spent a bunch of time thinking about that question this week and if you're interested, come and talk to me and we can look at the Bible together later. But I think as Paul says we in this passage, what he's actually talking about most of the time is the apostles. So when he says we, he's like, me and the other apostles had this happen. Me and the other apostles did this. We came to you with this message. It's talking about the apostles. Now, who are the apostles? The apostles are the original followers of Jesus, who Jesus hung out with and walked around on the earth with, and they are eyewitnesses of Jesus' life. And Jesus gave these apostles a particular special job of bringing God's Word, Jesus' Word, to the world. That's who the apostles are in the Bible, right? And Paul here is writing as an apostle, saying, me and the other apostles, here's what we're on about, here's how it happened, here's what we're doing. Bearing all that in mind, I'm sorry for the confusion... Let's have a look at the passage together and see what it says about, I think, the apostles. Look at verse 6. He's he's talking to the church about what the apostles have done. We, the apostles, do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the, the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, this message from God, a mystery that has been hidden before time began. So there, Paul's saying that him and the other apostles, they come with a message from God for the world. The apostles bring a message from God, but how did they get it? Skip down to verse 10 and look again there. Verse 10, it says, these things, this message he's been talking about, God has revealed to us, the apostles, by his Spirit. So you've got the apostles who bring a message from God and that message came to them by the Spirit of God in verse 10 and then verse 13 says it again in another kind of different way. This is what we speak, the apostles, not in words taught by human wisdom but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught 
words. Now, I'm sorry, if you're new, you're probably like, what the heck? I don't understand all of this. That's fine. But if you're not and you've been around for a while, stretch yourself and try and concentrate for a second. What these verses are saying is that the Holy Spirit has come on the apostles of Jesus in a special way so that by the Spirit of God, these apostles would end up speaking to the world the message of God, the words of God Himself, the words of Jesus. So have you, everyone can answer this question, right? Have you ever wondered why Christians believe that the Bible is God's Word, right? Like, okay, we believe that Jesus is God, and so when you read Matthew and it's Jesus' words, you're like, okay, that's Jesus speaking God's Word. That makes sense. <clears throat> but why is it when Christians read 1 Corinthians, which is what we're reading this term, or John, stuff written by John or Peter, or people like that, these apostles, they've written these letters, right, to the church. Why is that the Word of God? Why would we say a letter from an apostle named Paul is the Word of God? Why do we say that? Well, the reason is because of what we've just looked at. That's, that's the point we're driving toward here. Because these apostles are claiming that they're speaking the words of God. Now, that's a big claim to make, isn't it? To claim that my words as an apostle are the words of God. That's actually a big claim. It, like, did they just kind of like claim that? They're just like, yeah, God's Spirit came on me and so I've got the words of God now so I can tell you the words of God because I'm the apostle Paul, right? Is, are they just kind of claiming it for themselves? Is that where their authority comes from? No, their authority comes from Jesus. And so I want you to see this, and so we're going to skip over in our Bibles to John chapter 15. Do you guys understand why this is important? Are you with me? Like, do you get what we're working out here? Why is it that when we read these letters from Paul or whoever, we're saying that's God's Word? Come to John chapter 15. John chapter 15 and 16, Jesus is talking to these apostles, these guys he's about to send out into the world. And he's talking about sending them out and he's talking about his Holy Spirit. John 15, verse 26, check this out. His word, Jesus' word for the Holy Spirit is the word advocate, by the way, here. Verse 26, when the advocate, the Spirit comes, I will send to, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father... The Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me. The Spirit will testify about Jesus. And you, apostles, also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is sending two people out into the world to testify, tell the world about Him. Number one, He's sending the Spirit to testify. And he's also sending the apostles who were with him from the beginning to testify. Now, in this next chapter, you can read this on your own later if you want. He talks a whole bunch about the Holy Spirit and what it does and and what the apostles' job is. But verse 12 and 13 is a good summary. Look at verse 12 of chapter 16. He says, I've much more to say to you, more than you can bear now, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is the words of Jesus to the apostles. The Spirit will come and guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, the Spirit. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Do you see what Jesus is saying about his Holy Spirit and his apostles? He's saying the Spirit is going to come on you, the apostles, in a special way where he will guide you in all truth so that you will know the truth of God as you teach this message to the world. You've witnessed it with your own eyes as you've hung out with me and now the Spirit is coming on you to empower you to teach the truth about me to the world out there. 
And so, guys, here's what all this means. God reveals himself to us today as well. He reveals himself to us, but not in exactly the same way that he did to the apostles. He reveals himself by speaking through these apostles in their words to us today in the Bible. And so Jesus' words, as they're written in the Scriptures, are God's words. But so are Paul's words and Peter's words and John's words. These are the words of God through the Spirit of God. And so all of the Bible from cover to cover is the Word of God to us. That's what's been said here. Do you see how precious these words are in front of us? Do you get it? Like, imagine if you knew with 100% certainty that next week at Eve Youth, not this week because this youth week's like the boring guy from the ball guy, right? But next week, right, here's what's going to happen if you knew this. Imagine next week, you knew with 100% certainty that as you rocked up and sat down at like 8 o'clock next week, God was physically going to show up and like tear back the roof of the auditorium, but in a safe way so he didn't get crushed by the lighting. He like tears back the roof and you knew that God was going to like poke his head into the building and be like, hey, Harry, or insert your name here, hey, it's God here, let me tell you about what you should do with your life and what the world is about. And, and God's going to poke his head in the room and address us all and speak to us. Who here wouldn't be up for that? Like, everyone would be here, would be on time, and would be like, is God going to show up and speak? This is so exciting. None of us are going to be, like, on our phone, and God, like, sticks his head in, and we're going to be like, just hold up, God, i got a funny meme that I need to respond to. Just, okay, go, God, what have you got? For no, we're going to be glued to our seat as the God of the universe speaks to us. Whenever you open this book, It's as if God himself has ripped the ceiling off the room and stepped into the room and is addressing you. It doesn't look that impressive. It doesn't sound spectacular, but it's the voice of God. Treasure this word. Treasure it here at Youth. When we open up and we read the Bible and we wrestle with it together, the most amazing thing is happening. The God of the universe is speaking to you. When you go home and you crack open the Bible and you read it on your own in your room and you're like, I don't know what half of this means and I've got questions and it's tricky, and that is still the God of the universe speaking to you. Treasure these words in the Scriptures. If you're someone who's never just sat down and just started having a read of the Bible on your own, give it a crack. Seriously, grab some of our daily reading notes and have a look at 1 Corinthians yourself because it doesn't look spectacular But I've seen again and again over years, God changed people's lives incredibly and he does it through his word. It's powerful, it changes lives, it saves people for all eternity and it turns your life upside down in the most wonderful way. It is so precious. Have a read of the Bible yourself. Now here's the last thing. We've got God revealing himself to us in these words, the Bible in front of us. But how do we actually understand it? How do we understand the message? Because remember we saw before that it's like we're seeing in black and white and we can't see the colour for what it is. What assurance do you have that if you're a Christian, when you crack open this book, you're actually going to be able to understand it and God's going to speak to you and you'll get it? How do you know we're not going to end up like those rulers in verse 8 who missed it and so crucified Jesus because they didn't understand? Here's the last thing to see tonight. God's Spirit in us helps us understand God's Word. Remember we had that confusing discussion, who's the we? Is it the Apostles? Is it Paul and the Corinthians? Who is the we in this passage? I think for most this passage, when Paul says we, he's saying me and the Apostles. 
But I think verse 12 is actually talking about all Christians. Have a look at what verse 12 says. Come back into 1 Corinthians and listen to verse 12. He's just been talking about this message that's come through the apostles. But he says, What we've received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. I think that's talking about all Christians and the reason I think that's all Christians is because we know clearly from the rest of the Bible that all Christians have the Spirit of God. The Bible says it again and again, if you are a Christian, you have the Spirit of God. There's no such thing as a person who's like a Christian but they just somehow missed out on getting God's Spirit. That person doesn't exist. Romans chapter 8, verse 15, Galatians chapter 3, verse 12, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. The Bible says it again and again, if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God. It's that simple. If you're a Christian here tonight, God is in you by His Spirit. And what that means is you have it so that you can understand what has been freely given to you. You can understand the Gospel, the free gift of salvation. There's this video going around on, um, I don't know, Facebook and stuff. It's about this grandpa who's like 66 years old and he's never seen in colour before because he's got colour blindness. Has anyone seen this video? Who's seen this video? Uh, A few. I'll I'll tell you about it. It takes funner to hear a video explained than to watch it. So let's do that instead, right? You know, so this old man, he's 66, he's never seen in colour. And it's basically one of those videos where they're like, hey, grandpa, here's these glasses, real technology. You put them on and you can enjoy colour for the first time. And so he puts on these glasses and you can see it in the video. He's just, he just loses it. He's overwhelmed. He's crying. His family's like sympathy crying. It's just this big deal because suddenly the world just explodes into colour. God's Holy Spirit in you is like a set of glasses that finally opens up God's Word to you. And so you can see it for what it is. And so His Word comes to life. You can hear the God of the universe speaking and it happens by His Word through His Holy Spirit in you. He reveals Himself in the Scriptures by His Word and through His Spirit you can understand what's been said. And so if you're a Christian, you have everything you need to know God. You have His Spirit in you and you have the words of the Bible in front of you. You've got everything you need to know God. If you're not a Christian, you're like, well, I'm stuffed, I'm never going to understand the Bible. God works in those who don't know Him yet by that same Spirit, not by living in them, but by opening up the Scriptures to them so that they might become a Christian as well. And so if you're not a Christian here tonight and you're like, what am I supposed to do with all this? All right, I've got one dare for you, all right? If you're not a Christian, I've got a dare. You may not believe God's there, maybe you do, maybe you're not sure. Like, it's go home and pray to God and be like, God, I don't know if you're there or not. I don't know if you're real. Um, but if you are, please reveal yourself to me. By your Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see who you are and then start doing the boring old thing of reading the Bible. I dare you to do that. Pray that sort of a prayer for real and then do that and see what happens. We'll see what God does in your life. But if you're a Christian, you've got everything you need to know God. And that's incredible. It's seriously the best thing in the world. And so what does that mean for us? I reckon it does a few things to us. First of all, it humbles us. Because what this means is, if you're a Christian, if you've, understand who God, if you've understood who God is, and if you've read the Bible's been opened up to you, it had nothing to do with you. You didn't think your way there, you didn't feel your way there, you didn't follow traditions there. God Himself stepped into your life by His Holy Spirit and He saved you. 
You, you couldn't earn your salvation. Jesus came and died so that you could be saved. But it's not like you did the really sneaky thing of understanding all that and coming to realize that the message was true. God's Spirit did that in you by His Spirit as well. And so from beginning to end, it's all God. And so be humbled because it was all God. And secondly, it, it drives us to praise. It drives us to praise the one who did it all to save us. So let's pray now and let's praise him now. Let's pray. Now, Father God, we thank you so much that you don't leave us in the dark in this world. God, if it were up to us on our own, you would remain a mystery to us all of our days. We thank you that you don't hide yourself from us, that you reveal yourself to us in the most wonderful of ways. Father, I pray for those of us here who still don't know you. I pray that you'd be revealing yourself to them as well, that you'd use your spirit and your word in the Bible to do that. Father, help us to treasure your word in the Bible and value it for what it is and see it for the beautiful thing it is and just love it so much and be fed by it and and get into it. We pray all this to your glory. Amen.